Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schlecht. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me, not as always, never like this, is my good friend Alex Spears. Alex, in person at my house. Alex, what's up? In person. I'm, I'm so happy to be here, Andrew. I'm at Andrew's uh, home that I've never seen. Uh, actually, I, I don't even know if I, I've met your youngest son, which who I just wow. met. Wow. It probably has been that long. It probably has. It's I crazy. haven't been back to OKC since uh, pre-pandemic 2019, it's Christmas. Crazy, so different. It's so different now, <laughs> how it changes. <laughs> what's, what's the most different thing about it to you? Um... I mean, there's just a lot. Every time I come back, there's there's new places. There's oh, more yeah. places, I, oh, yeah. and it's not even like old places leaving being replaced. Just oh, yeah. more of everything. So there's we get to keep the chilies and add right. Flower Child. That's right. Yes, I just went to Flower Child. Thank you for your recommendations on Twitter. I was looking for a healthy meal uh, in preparation for tonight because when I came in on Saturday, got off the plane, immediately went to Hall's Pizza. Yeah, got. A uh, pepperoni and sausage pizza. They yeah. they pile the meats. Yeah, dude. Talk about Arby's having the meats. Halls <laughs> has the meats. They got the meats, man. I ate the whole thing. <laughs> then I went out, took a sharp left, went to jerky.com, which is the name of a store or name of a real place. And I got five bags of jerky. Now, uh, in my defense, two of those were free. They gave me two free bags because they said these are about to expire and we can't sell them. <laughs> which if I were them, I, I would have just said, Hey, we have some new flavors. We're trying out, <laughs> try a bag it's for free. <laughs> dangerous meats coming your way. Al. Yeah. Like, oh. Hey, here's some dehydrated meat that might expire any day. Now Exp- expiration pack wasn't even on the package. Oh no. I gave those to Luke. <laughs> okay. I was going to say that could result in something really bad for yeah. you, but I ate the other ones that night while watching wrestling with Luke. And the next day my body re- rejected all of it. <laughs> Rejected all of it. Well, I guess we'll also know now if Luke does not show up to the live pod, why? So That's true. He has eaten, yeah. eaten all the bad meats. I gave Luke expired meats. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Flower Child was great. Now I'm feeling very healthy in preparation for tonight. Yeah. Clear mind. You know, I didn't want to be sluggish. I didn't want to be sluggish. Yeah, for the no, I can't be sluggish. Yeah, I've uh, I've been doing roughly the same. Got my workout in, got my protein in. Nice, it's nice. Time. It's time. Uh so we have questions. We're not going to talk a ton about this Nets Thunder game. It was it was a really fine game for both teams. You know, the Nets pull away. The Thunder make this comeback at the end of the game with kind of this ragtag crew that included Trey Mann's like only three points in the game were at a moment in the game where the Thunder made this run where he had this pull up three, which was really fun and. You know, Aaron Wiggins was a part of some stuff last night. Played his first minutes, three points, four boards, four assists, a steal, a block. Cool, fine, fine game. 
from him. Were you there? Were you at the game? I was not at the game last night. That's actually the first game I haven't been to yet. Um, just had a lot going on. Couldn't be there. Mm. But we'll be there tonight. We will. Against the Heat. If you don't know, I think you have 20, if you have 25 minutes to buy a ticket, and then they're <laughs> shutting it down. So if you're live and you're like, man, I really wish I could go, or I really want to go, you still have 25 minutes to buy it. If you're listening to this later, sorry, you are you have to stay at home. You can't come. Uh, but we will do a live pod tonight uh, in front of a an audience at the uh, Tap House across the street from the Paycom Center. Then we'll walk over to the Paycom Center, watch the game, go on the court afterwards, shoot some half-court shots, win some prizes, take a picture. Should be super great. Very excited. Uh, all right, let's go to some questions. Let's check out some Twitter questions. Uh, this is from at Austin Woolish. And Austin wants to know, if the Thunder are around 30 to 35 wins and it's based on the development of our young players, do you think it is more likely that at that point that they would consider using assets to trade for a star player rather than get lucky in the teens of the draft? Well, interesting that they brought this up today because we saw, I was sending in the group chat that was posted the uh, play with Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah, man. Anthony Edwards had the ball, three-point line, was dribbling. Carl Anthony Towns just started walking back on defense <laughs> as if he plays defense. He started walking back on defense. <laughs> got to get ready. Got to get the defense set. And it was, uh, you know, you see similar things with the Golden State Warriors when they feel like Steph's about to hit a shot. It's so obvious. Yeah. It's kind of, you know, like, you know, kind of flexing on the other team. Yeah. This was not that. No. This was like, oh, Anthony Edwards isn't passing to anyone ever. I'm just giving up on this play. It's a different kind of involved. disrespect. Yeah. It is. And uh, and so, obviously, there's new rumors about Cat eventually wanting out and looking at that team and, and reading, like, John Krasinski's uh, most recent pieces on the Timberwolves and uh, some of the other Timberwolves writers. It feels like it's headed this way, even though there's there hasn't been any you know, formal trade request or anything like yeah. that. But it's interesting to think about him. Now, I would say the big uh, disclaimer here is that I don't think OKC can offer the best package. Despite all of their picks, Yeah, if the Warriors wanted Carl Anthony Towns, mm-hmm. they would be able to offer a far superior package to the Oklahoma City Thunder. Yeah. So do I would, they, do the question is, do they want to do another deal with the Warriors? Oh, that's true. <laughs> I didn't think about that. Yeah, that first one's looking pretty bad. What what do the Warriors have to offer that you think is so good? Well, they can offer actual young pieces that the Timberwolves could sell their fans on. Because like they have Anthony Edwards in his second year. Yeah. If you surrounded him, and I'm not saying this is a good combination, but if you surrounded him with James Wiseman yeah. and one of Moses Moody or Kuminga, you yeah. could sell your fans on like, here's a young core, three guys who are all top five picks. Yeah. Let's go. I guess Kuminga wasn't or Moody. But you know what I mean. Like mm-hmm. like Real lottery picks. Yeah, lottery picks. Yeah. Here we go. Whereas with OKC, like they're not getting excited excited about Bays. They're probably not <laughs> even getting excited about Dort. Like if, it would be all picks. What if the Thunder traded them their unprotected pick for 2022? I mean, they could yeah, I mean, that would be a nice asset for them to have. Yeah. But I don't know. If I just think if the Warriors really wanted Cat they're going to be able to get him. And I think he'd be awesome on the Warriors. Maybe, but if they did want picks. If they did want picks, then yeah, come on down. 
Because We've got the, plenty. The truth is, one, the Thunder have plenty of cap space. So, like, there's no money issues with getting towns onto this team. Like, you can. Which, that's another thing. Uh, Minnesota is, does, like, they're pretty close to the tax as is. Yeah. Well, yeah, they are. So, if you threw in favors. Oh wow! For some money. okay, they're getting excited. The thing, the thing though, is that this is why I don't think they could make a deal is because the Timberwolves are going to say we want Shay, and the Thunder are gonna be like, "Ain't no way you're getting Shay." And they're going to say, "Hey, we want Josh Giddy," and then they're going to say, "Ain't no way you're getting Josh Giddy." And then they're then they probably are just like, "Well, then what are we doing here? Like, yeah. let's like, hang up the hang up the phone. Like, we don't. We're, why are we even talking to you if you're not giving us a blue chip asset in return?" And the Thunder are like, "Well, we'll give you." These players will give you Poku. We'll give you we'll give your, you Poku. Your, your choice of Poku, Trey Man, Baisley, what JRE. They can probably include Dort in this. Like, do you, any of those guys? No, they're not moving the needle. It, it's yeah. the same as the uh, Ben Simmons trade ideas with Minnesota, where it's like you know Malik Beasley. Exactly, it's exactly that. Like, obviously a non-starter. Like, yeah. why would Philly ever do that? And it's the same way with the Thunder. So they would need. A boatload of picks, and they and maybe they would because they do have new ownership coming in. Yeah, maybe they want a fresh start. But I just feel like if there's a Warriors package there, that is the equivalent of a fresh start. Yeah, accelerated by a year. Yeah, if you were to offer Baisley, Trey Man, whatever hodgepodge group, JRE, who cares? Plus five first rounders. Yeah, like that's probably the best they would do. And it that does not win you the press conference. It doesn't because what are the chances that any of those picks become as not good of a pick, but like as good of an asset as James Wiseman? Because he was like the second pick a year yeah. ago. Like what are the yeah. chances any of those picks become the second pick in a draft? Probably yeah. pretty low. Unless they traded their unprotected this year. But still, I mean, if Cat came here, mm-hmm. which I know people are down on Cat. I mean, they've been down on Cat for several years. Mm-hmm. But you know if he was in this OKC system, like he would look incredible. He would thrive. He would be amazing. Yeah. It's it is an interesting thought. But again, one, this team is not gonna win thirty games. That is not gonna happen. Uh unlikely. Two I don't know what they would do. I don't think that they're I, I, I would say this. I think if there is a superstar available via trade that the Thunder can get that makes sense personality-wise, basically not Ben Simmons, that, right. that they would do it today, that they would do it today. And, and that's the problem. Like, who other, like, Cat is one that we're just kind of making up because of, you know, it's not what's even, been going on in the world, but it's not even like a real thing. Like, who, and be, if beyond him and Ben Simmons, obviously, like, who would be the next one? There's I not, don't know. There's not a next one. Like, Brandon Ingram? Yeah, still not even, I mean, he's like tier three. Right. So it's not that's not getting you where you want to go. I think Towns could be tier one. There there are some rumblings though that like some executives don't really believe in Towns. Yeah. And wouldn't really want him. But the good thing about the Thunder is that they'd be bringing him on to be the number two and not the number one. Right. Yeah. The, the thing with Towns, it's so hard to judge him in these last couple of years. Injuries, off the court issues, like not nothing that he did wrong. You know, mm-hmm. obviously like deaths in his family. And so when you see him have these kind of like low energy, like Kevin Love-esque plays, yeah, yeah, 
like you almost like don't want to blame him because it's like you've been in Minnesota, you've had all these different GMs, coaches. Like, why would he be motivated to play at this point? Like, he's in year seven. He's put up with six years of this. Yeah, it's hard to expect him, even though obviously he's getting paid a lot. He should be giving tons of energy each night. But at the yeah. same time, you kind of get it. Yeah, he's going to look better if he gets traded. Yeah, he's going to be incredible. And they could use. I like our Ricky Rubio on this team. Oh my gosh. I was actually thinking for uh, Slam and Jam last week before yeah. I did what I did. I was going to do the uh, top five. Why did you trade this guy away again? Or yeah. why did you let this guy go again? Yeah. And Rubio was going to be on that list. Yeah. Because it's like, yeah, he's just, and, and I get why they did because he was terrible last year. He was bad. But they, they could have, they could have foreseen the, uh, or was the, the Olympics before or after free agency? I guess it was after. After. Okay, yeah. so they wouldn't have known that Olympic Rubio, he's a new person. That, that's but it could have something him. to do with the, the culture of the Wolves, too, where there are guys that have gone to specific teams like the Kings and that look around and they're just like, no, no. Well, I this mean, isn't it. Jimmy Butler, the classic example. Jimmy Butler did it in Minnesota. Literally just looked around after a year, taking them to the playoffs for the first time in a decade. Yep. And even with that excitement was like, oh, no, I'm not doing this. Yeah, I'm out now. To the point of like, I'm going to nuke yeah. this franchise. Yep. George Hill didn't obviously do the Jimmy Butler thing, but was with the Kings and was just like, mm-mm. Yeah. Mm-mm. Not doing this. <laughs> you know, so there is, there's an element of that going on too. Yeah. Speaking of the Kings, like the report that, Luke Walton all of a sudden might be on the hot seat and you see Kings fans like finally it's like it's gonna be the same people picking their your next coach yes you really believe in Monty McNair that much like it's still Vivek at the top it is ownership matters man really matters uh Elephant King wants to know uh will Ben Simmons ever not take unprofit Ben Simmons oh I did oh my gosh help me I can't podcast without talking about Ben Simmons Will Bill Simmons ever not take unprompted shots at Poku? I mean, listen, if, if Poku, you, you should take it as a compliment. He does talk about him. Right. People care about Poku. Yeah. So he brought it up uh, yesterday talking about... Bagley? Bagley. Mm-hmm. Talking about how, like, oh, the only team that would have the minutes to give Marvin Bagley is the Thunder. But he said something like, but they are so intent on proving that Poku is good that they won't wouldn't do it. I would argue they're not intent on proving Poku is good because they play him like 15 minutes a game. They're intent on actually developing him. Yeah. And not trying to prove a point. So, I mean, his... One, how many minutes do you think Bill Simmons has actually watched of the Thunder this year? I would, I would guess zero minutes of watching in-game time. I would guess that maybe like five minutes of something on League Pass or on YouTube. Yeah, like well, we, we, we haven't played the Celtics yet. So that, that's going to be 48 <laughs> minutes whenever that happens. Right. So, so once we get to that point, I feel like his opinions on the Thunder will be more well-developed. Yeah. He'll yeah. see them for an entire game. Yes. Which, by the way, speaking of that real quick, you got to give a shout-out to Danny LaRue and Matt Moore. They did a Tears podcast on Real, MG, or on Real Real GM. Real GM. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it was only like two minutes on the Thunder. It was exactly what we've been saying. They it understand just, it. It was nice to hear somebody else say, like, yes, this team is bad, but they are organized, and they know what they're doing when they're on the court, mm-hmm. which is such a stark difference from what's going on in Houston right now, and it's really building up in Houston. I feel like after every Houston game right now, 
Steven Silas has been trending <laughs> on Twitter. I know. There, I, I read a stat today. Uh, John Schumann releases power rankings, which, by the way, the Thunder were 23rd in his power rankings. Ugh. But uh, Houston was dead last. Their starting lineup is their net or, or their offensive efficiency, 81.9 points per 100 possessions, which is 25 points lower than the next worst starting lineup. Bro. 81 points per 100 possessions. Like the Thunder, <laughs> we, we talk about how bad the Thunder's offense is. They're, yeah. they're la- uh, second to last in the league. Normal bad. I think they're around like 98 or 99. Yeah, I think so. So that's, that's, right. that's your comparison point. That starting lineup in Houston is at 81. Incredible. <laughs> And, and so th- even more reason when people like ignore the John Wall thing, it's like John Wall could legitimately help some of these guys on this team. Yeah. Just in terms of like setting them up. Yeah. And then they're not doing it, which is fine. Like we get it. We know. They're, they're tanking. We know how to sit guys. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's. Yeah. What are the Thunder at? The Thunder are 99.4. 99.4. Okay. Tied with the Pistons. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I just appreciated that from Matt Moore. And uh, Danny Lerner. Yeah, I mean it's it's the correct take because even against the Kings, I mean I'll tell you, Luke Walton. I can't tell you the number of times Luke Walton just was mad about the Kings not boxing out. It was it was the entire night. Oh really? And he's just walking in front and he's like box out, he's just, box out, box out. He did that probably a hundred times during the game. <laughs> And it's just like the little effort things that they yeah. that they miss. That's what all these like really bad teams and like bad culture teams miss is that there's a reason why Poku doesn't play a ton. There's a reason why Trey Mann doesn't play a ton. It's because they are missing the gaps on the little things. Mm-hmm. And in order for them to play, they have to do those little things. And the Kings never had anybody do the little things. And it's hard to blame it just on a coach. Because, like, the head coach can only do so much. Like, we give a ton of credit to Mark Dagnall, which he deserves. He deserves credit. But it's a total organizational approach. Like, the assistant coaches, all their strength trainers, like, everyone is coming together to make this, that organization that you see on the court work Mm -hmm. the way it does. Yeah. It... And I mean, if they weren't doing the little things, I'm sure that Presti would be like, hey, this is not how we do it here. We need to, this is how we hold people accountable. This is how we manage the team. So I think it is like from top to bottom how things work. And with the Kings, it's obviously still extremely disorganized. And like the frustration emanating from Luke Walton that whole night was just crazy. And to think about that the Kings have had 15 years to just build a playoff team. A playoff just, team. Half, more than half the teams in the league make the playoffs. Just get to the playoffs. Just get to the playoffs. And now it's 10 now, teams. Yeah, now just get to the plan. If they got to the plan. Can you imagine if the Kings made the plan? It would. It, they might as well have a parade. They have, what, what is it? So it's, uh, they have a 66% chance. <laughs> just based on how many teams there are in each conference. Do you think they'll make the play-in? No, they're terrible. <laughs> they are terrible. They're awful. <laughs> they have the talent of a play-in team. I'll say that. They have the talent of a play-in team. I don't know. I keep... They, they probably do, and I would say they probably have more talent, maybe not top-end talent, but they have more talent than Minnesota. They have more talent than Minnesota, more than the Thunder, more than New Orleans, the team that New Orleans is putting out there now. Yeah. San Antonio. Hey, maybe the next coach will fix it all. That's all, that's all they've been missing. That's all the Kings have been missing. <laughs> they better not hire like another former oh, like a retread? player retread that 
I mean, things are not... I know the Mavs record is fine, but things with the Mavs are not wonderful since hiring Jason Kidd. I just wonder... I wonder what that will end up looking like. I know they look fine right now at 8-4, and four, but... And, and the point that Kings fans are making online is like, we knew all this this summer. It's, yeah. it's actually very similar to Portland fans talking about Neil O'Shea. Like, you knew everything this summer. He had everything you knew he nothing was going to change. Like, I, I forget his last name, but the Greg Swiss, something like that. Greg Wiss or something. He's the, a really good Kings fan on Twitter. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, he was saying, like, Luke Walton oversaw multiple nine-game losing streaks. Like, well, what is different now? Like, this yeah. is the same thing. And so I feel for those fans because it's like now you're making a change in the middle of the season and maybe they do the Chris Finch thing where you go and get an assistant coach from another team. But oftentimes when you're making that change in the middle of the season, you're just grabbing someone and they're like an interim Uh, and then you're having to make a change at the end of the season, which they had done previously with like the Ty Corbin to George Carl. No, they've done it. It's just so dumb. You could have had a guy this summer who you believed in come in, install his system, yeah. and then been off running. And then even if you're bad, well, you can say like, oh, this is the start of something. Like, we're learning, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. The problem, like they have Alvin Gentry on the bench. Yeah. So they would probably promote him. They probably would. There is word, though, that maybe they wouldn't. Oh, really? But you would just logically get there. But the problem is they're seventh in offense right now. Oh, really? Oh. Like, that's not the problem. How bad are they on defense? They are... Where are they? 24th. See, that's not... I mean, because remember, at this point last year, they were the Hist- worst defense in the history of the NBA. Historically bad. So they have they are, have improved. Yeah. On the metrics. They have. But they clearly don't know how to win yet. But it's not good enough. They're yeah. still negative net rating. You know who has the worst defense? And I think you're looking at it right now. I am. Did you realize that? I did because when we were deciding the fake surprise team because i knew memphis was 30th in defense and 7th in offense at the time what are they in offense now because they're still the 30th ranked defense yeah and they're no longer the 7th ranked offense 20th wow negative 6.9 oh my god so nice we could have so nice i'm so pissed at myself because the fake surprise team that's them i think it was them it's them yeah oh man they're 20, 25th in net rating. The only teams that are worse are the Thunder, the Rockets, Pelicans, Magic Pistons. Man. That's it. I got to listen to uh, to Grit and Grind because I, I saw his podcast today. The, yeah. the title was, Are the Grizzlies Bad? Because <laughs> <laughs> he came on our show. That was one of the reasons I why know. I kind of changed my tune on I the know. Grizzlies. And then they got off to the hot start. They beat mm-hmm. the Jazz. They beat mm-hmm. the Warriors. And yep. you're feeling like, wow, Keith was right. Yeah. This team is just as good as they were last this year. This team is pretty good. Nope. 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 They're they're not good. He tricked us. At least right now, they're not good. All right. Next question. At Fluky, who is one past Thunder role player you'd like to have for this rebuild? Past Thunder role player? What about that? Uh, oh, what was his name? Uh, came off the bench. Um, James Harden. <laughs> I'd take, the, I'd take young James, James Harden. Yeah, I would take him. He was a great role player. He'd be a great role player on this team because we desperately need shooting. Yeah, he would be. Honestly, any shooter. This I is mean, what, this it is... doesn't matter. Like, Because if you're going to choose someone from the past, you would want them to be young. So I'm not going to choose Anthony Morrow, even though he would be like awesome. Well, this, this is why team. I choose Alex Abrinas. Okay, Alex Abrinas, yeah. For this team. Like age 23, Alex Abrinas. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You're not going to be mentally abused by Russell Westbrook on this team. True. You're going to have a chance to create some sure. on your own. 
Wouldn't he be great on the wing, like next to Dort and Shea? He wouldn't that like that would be legitimately very good. I mean, I'm going to say yes to any shooter that yeah. you bring up, but him especially because he was young and he had those moments. I mean, he he broke uh, James Harden's re- rookie record for he three did. pointers. Yeah. I mean, really was legitimately good for a time. Yeah. We were very excited about him. He would fit the culture and the ethos of this team. Oh, yeah, Much better than the team that he was on. Yeah, that would have been really nice. Yeah. Yeah, he's like he's like Ty Jerome. A little bit younger. But, but the version of Ty Jerome that we have in our heads. Mm, I, I, you think, know? <laughs> I think that version is still real. <laughs> uh, he's, he's, the thing about him is that he's like pretty athletic. Where like that's just the thing that Ty doesn't have. True, true. So yeah, I think that. I mean, that would be mine. I was always a big Abrinas believer. Uh, ben Alpha King also wants to know how many beers is the right number of beers to be sufficiently carb loaded for the half court heave. Hmm. See, I I don't think you want to drink right before. I think you want to have a good base down, <laughs> and then make the switch maybe in the fourth quarter to water, so you can really get focused but still be loose. Yeah. And that way you can really excel at the half-court shot. Okay. Because I feel like if you drink too much, and it's going to happen tonight, some people are going to throw some wild shots. <laughs> Watch out if you're on the baseline. Yeah, Somebody's getting hit. Yeah. And, you, and I think what you would worry about is if you drink too much, I think what you're going to tend to do is actually like throw it too hard. You're going to overcompensate and throw <laughs> it over the backboard. Oh, yeah. That could happen. I think we might see one of those. Yeah. Some depth perception issues tonight. Uh, Josh Morrison says, am I wrong or do we stealth tank what was a reasonably close game last night? Some of those lineups. Hey, the lineups that I thought would tank us were the ones that brought us back. And then they actually brought Shea back in the game to see if they could win it once they got within 10. And then the Nets also brought Kevin Durant back in and then it was over. Yeah. You know, that's what happened. So I don't know. I think that the thing about the Nets is that they're just way better than the Thunder. Like that's just... A fact. Yeah. After some some early season question marks, they have definitely like gotten back on track. Yeah. And even though Harden didn't have a good shooting night, mm-hmm. I was rewatching his attempts. Any time he attempted to get into the lane, good things happened. It was re- like the bad part of his game last night was just he was missing his threes. Mm-hmm. But anytime he tried to get in the lane, good things were happening. Mm-hmm. He was drawing fouls. He was he was. I mean, he had thirteen assists last night. Yep. So I'm not even worried about him. Like I, I think Brooklyn's good. The, the only player, I mean, I would love for them to have one more big man. I really did not enjoy watching Blake Griffin last night, trying to take a charge on every single play. <laughs> what did it happen like twice in like two possessions in a yeah, row? Yeah, it was at the end miserable. Of the game. Yeah, it was bad. We relax. He's not good anymore. You know who's pretty good? Lamarcus Aldridge plays really well off the bench. Yeah, but he always destroys us. He he'll, he could be. It could be 20 years from now. They could bring him back. <laughs> He's played well overall, though, this season. Like He's been pretty good. He has, but are you really trusting him in the playoffs? For like 10 minutes. 10 minutes, I guess. He can they, score. They need, he can score. He'll give you some buckets. They need one more big guy. Yeah. and they're, not, a, they're not a Nick Claxton guy? Uh, not this year. Yeah. Last year, there was something there. <laughs> Maybe he'll re- have a resurgence. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com 
slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms or restrictions apply. Uh, at Game of Thunder 7, would you trade Dort and Baisley for Patrick Williams? I didn't really have a strong opinion on Patrick Williams coming into that draft. Um, and, of course, if you don't watch a lot of them, you're kind of going based on what Bulls fans say. And, of course, they're like, next Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. That's his ceiling. So, based on that, you'd say, well, of course you would. But... I mean, I- his averages last season, nine points, four boards, one and a half assists... Barely a steal, half a block. 39% from three, but only on two attempts. How many did he have total? Took 138 threes in 71 games. It's not very many. I still think I do that, though. Because, I mean, giving up Dort is tough. It's tough. It's really tough. Especially with his new new look finishing. Had another dunk against the Nets. He's, Dort's been really good. He has been, but... I, I Are you confident that Patrick Williams is going to be better than Dort? No, of course not. And do you like the new look Bays? What's new look Bays? Not based on last night. <laughs> he had a bad shooting night. Yeah. Listen, I with, with Bays, and this is always going to be the case. Like, it's going to take so much for me to dramatically change my opinion. Yeah. Like we're, we're talking about a stretch of five games and asking if he's turning the corner. Yeah. I need I I need like twenty games, and it doesn't. He doesn't have to be amazing each game. He wasn't great last night. But if yeah. we're talking in twenty games, and we look back in like sixteen of those games, he's been solid. Mm-hmm. I'll feel completely different. Yeah, but I, I can't make that jump after five games. He's on his way. He's on. His way. <laughs> What's his shooting at currently? Uh, Does it come up any? He is shooting a career high forty percent from the. <laughs> From the field. Okay. 28% from three. Mm-hmm. 63 from the line. Yuck. Feeling good? No. Say, I mean, he, he has looked better, and it's it's tough to, like last night's game. Mm-hmm. Like, did you, watching him, did you feel like it's just missed shots? Like, did you feel like everything else was there? All the things you have seen over the past mm-hmm. five games? Yeah, maybe not 100% of that. And some of the juice he gets is from making shots, just like everybody else. Right. You know, there's very few players that can... And, he, and they do not guard him at all. No, I, I was watching his no, three-point attempts. Him. They never closed out. I think there was one where somebody closed out. Yeah. The rest of them just wide open. Yeah, nobody guards him. It's, that's a, I mean, that's a problem, certainly. That's a problem, because even if he starts hitting them, it's like, okay, so now he can make wide open threes. Now people are going to start guarding him. Eventually they'll guard him, yeah. Last five games, he's 41% from three. Okay, that's nice. On four attempts per game. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. 12 points. Because what was he his rookie year? He was 35%, I think, for the season? Mm, yeah, 34, I mean, 34.8. Yeah, Yeah, and that's what got us so excited. Yeah. Because you're like, oh, this guy can play defense, and he can. he's already shooting 35%. Wow. Mm-hmm. And then just kind of fell off a cliff last year. Yeah. He was really bad to start the season. He's got, he has 
gotten better. And even like Mark will even say like, he's going to regress. But the thing is that we have gotten him to this level and like, can we keep pulling him back to this level? Yeah. Which is great. Like that's, it's good to know. I think of course we know that Thunder are trying to do that, but the fact that they even verbalize it is pretty cool that they would actually do that. Uh, Dort and Baisley for Patrick Williams. I would, yes, I would do it. I would. Just because he's bigger. He can shoot. He's proven that. Now, the injury stuff is concerning, but it's all about swings. And, like, I'm confident in what Dort can do. Am I confident that Dort can get to a new, another level? I'm not super confident. I think there's probably a better chance that Patrick Williams gets to another level. But we could end up be talking about similar levels of players with Dort and Patrick Williams at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. But I would still rather have the bigger guy. Yeah, it feels like a it, – it's a much bigger swing with yeah. Patrick Williams. Yeah, but I would be sad because I really do love Lou Dort, the person. Loves him. He's great. He's awesome. So, yeah, I would, that would make me – it would make me sad at some on some level. Uh, Rocket Engineering, where is the one place – you would go in the metro area that reminds you of home slash childhood, not including visiting any parent slash relative households. Reminds you of childhood. Reminds you of childhood. What is from our childhood? No, no more Billy Baloo's. Yeah, no more crystals. No more crystals, which is really sad. I mean, what reminds me of my childhood is just driving out here mm-hmm. um, because it's so much different from Portland. Mm-hmm. And, you know, driving up whatever that is, 44. Yeah. It's a great driving experience. Yeah. Wide lanes. Oh, yeah. You barely have to pay attention. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> what I hate, though, Northwest Expressway and 39th Expressway, these like... Oh, dude. St- there's still three lanes, yeah. and people drive them like they're highways, but cars are exiting and entering all the time, oh, yeah. and there's lights. Yeah. It's, it's more terrifying than anything I do in Portland when I'm driving. Expressway is miserable. It's brutal. Yeah. So that reminds me of childhood. Yeah. Because when we when we were growing up, I was talking about this with uh, with Dusty, our uh-huh. friend Dusty. We would just drive. That was like our Friday night entertainment. We would drive. We just drive. Gas was like a dollar twenty five or something. You drive. You pick up your friends. By the yeah. time you pick up the last friend, you go drop everyone off again, and that's the night you're yeah. just driving. We we used to just drive around the mall parking lot. We didn't even go into the mall. <laughs> we're just driving around. <laughs> The parking lot. Yeah, we did. No drugs, no alcohol, just vibes. Just some vibes. We're listening to the the Vice City soundtrack, <laughs> Grand Theft Auto. This is true. Vice City soundtrack. We did some. Uh, made the uh, Christmas deers hump. That's yeah. right. You, you used to go to people's houses, make the deers hump. You know, you know nothing, just, nothing too. You know, we were never eggers. We never egged no, people's we're not house. Eggers. Yeah. Just some classic fun. You Just know? good fun. We weren't hitting uh, mailboxes with baseball bats. You know? <laughs> no, we were not. Uh, at Ethan Nickel 4, how good can SGA be? Uh, as good as he wants to be. <laughs> Real good, Real I'd good. say. Uh, at Fra Cantran says, do you think Josh Giddy will have more assists than field goal attempts plus free throw Field goal attempts plus free throw. Is this attempts or field goals or free throws? Probably field made, goals plus free throws made. made at the end of the season. Also, do you think he'll be more effective at the rim or do you think he'll do that over the summer in the gym? So let's take a look. So he's averaging about six assists. It's, I mean, for a rookie, that which is, is great, which is great. Outstanding. And, and it could, it should be higher. It should be at least eight. At least. Based on the looks he's generating. Yeah. 
So currently he has so how many- 71 assists. He has 30, or he has 46 total field, field goals. goals and 13 free throws. So currently... And these, only eight free throws. Is it, is it these attempts are Oh, made? eight. I'm sorry. Eight. You're right. You're right. 46 so currently assists eight. are way in the lead. Way in the lead. That's tough. It will depend on lots of things, honestly. It will depend on Shea's health Number is the number one indicator of this. Is if Shea's healthy, then yes, assists will be... There's, well, he will have more assists than he does free throws made or field goals made. I think that's that will absolutely happen. If Shea goes down, though, for any length of time, like what does the Thunder offense look like? You know, my guess is that they will put the ball in Giddy's hands and he'll get to shoot more. I agree. Don't you think? <laughs> he just ate a bunch of ice. Just took took on a ton of ice. Yeah, I that's a that's an interesting stat to follow though, because his and this is what we knew about him going into he's spitting out the ice. Um, oh. <laughs> uh, this is what we knew about Josh going into his rookie season is that his passing was the special thing about him, and it still is. He still has at least like one like wow pass every single game, and he's figuring out how to do other things. Yeah, so. I was looking uh, on today on NBA.com slash Nets. Minimum two restricted area attempts per game. Yeah. 186 players in the league. Yeah. Giddy is dead last. Dead last. 186 out of 186. Guess who's 185? Mm. Someone he's been compared to. Ricky Rubio. Interesting. They have like the exact same restricted area um, stats. Wow. And... It's hard to know what is the cause of that. You watch him play, and even though he's big, like tall, mm-hmm. you can see that like when he's stronger, a lot of these moves are going to be a lot more successful. Yeah. Because I, I do think that's part of it. He gets met at the rim by some of these guys and then throws up. I mean, it's just junk. Mm-hmm. Like It doesn't really have a great chance. Yep. But he's got the moves down to do like little scoop shots and yep. things like that. Mm-hmm. But I do think he needs to be stronger because he's not going to beat a lot of these guys off the dribble. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think it's going to come just in, you know, a muscle watch. Hashtag muscle watch. Yeah. And he's got a frame to put on some muscle. He does. Yeah. He's not Poku. Yeah. No, he's not Poku. And I asked Dort about this on Sunday. About like what what's different about your finishing this year from last year, and he just said it's all about just like going up as strong as I can, being as confident as I can, and just like finishing. Yeah, he's like it's like technically he didn't really, and there's probably some technical stuff that he could break down because he did he gathered at the wrong spot, and Mark talked about this last season, and he seems to have cleaned that up, and then he's just finishing stronger. I mean, Giddy's 19, you know, guys typically get better. As long as, long as you're mentally right, I think you will, he will get better as a scorer. Go, but, go ask the question, uh, I think it was like Omni-Man or something, or is that the dad from Invincible? <laughs> There's a, keep scrolling, keep scrolling. He had a good question. Mm-hmm. Keep scrolling. You're not there yet. How many questions did we get? A lot. Well, I don't, I don't see it. But it was a good question. And, was oh, it there about? it is, right there. Oh, right yeah, there. there it is. Opni Man. Opni Man. Okay. Gobby799. Yeah. 
How many unathletic playmakers with mediocre handle, bad shot selection and ability, and below average jump shot can actually pan out to be stars? <laughs> so, Basically, the Rubio and Giddies of the league. I think that last part is really important. Like, all those things are true right now. Yeah. And you could say a lot of those things have been true about Rubio throughout his career. Yeah. The reason why he's still in the league is one, his defense was really good. Yeah. And that passing, like he has the elite skill. Like I'm trying to think of someone like this who didn't pan out. Like was Kendall Marshall thought of as like a exceptional passer? Not like this. Yeah. Not like this. And that's why even though all those things are technically true right now, I still feel really positive about Giddy because of the passing. Like if he, if he was not a world-class passer, we're going to talk tonight about, you know, is Josh Giddy a top 10 passer in the NBA right now? Mm -hmm. If he was not that totally agree that we would be way more worried than like, what is he exactly? Like, what does he do? But because he has that skill, you just kind of let it play out. Yeah. He'll have gravity just from the passing alone. And then if he, and the, the thing about him too that I really like so far is that he's willing to take threes. He's willing to take shots. In he's, a way that Rubio wasn't early in his career. Yeah. I mean, he's taking three threes a game right now. I mean, that's, it's probably too, some might say it's too high. I don't really care that it is. You know, I don't, I mean, Rubio is a career high five attempts per game this season through shooting 37%. And he, he didn't take three threes a game. Until like his sixth season. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, his rookie year, he was 10 points, eight assists, four boards a game. Which like if Giddy, if Shea wasn't on this team. Yeah. Giddy would probably have a line similar to that, except he'd have way more rebounds because mm-hmm. he's just bigger. And that's the other thing. Like he has that rebounding. Yeah. To fall back on as well. Like yeah. there, he just has so many skills, even with all his weaknesses, you know, people uh, send around that screenshot of like the YouTube draft yeah. analysis and the weaknesses are like everything with basketball. Yeah. yeah They're yeah. technically all true. They are real weaknesses, Yeah, but he has the elite passing skill. And because of his size, it just doesn't matter right now. Yeah. And also he is uber confident in yeah. himself. And those weaknesses will matter in terms of his ultimate ceiling. But the passing and the rebounding give him a floor that's so much higher than the average guy coming into the league. Yeah, and I can't remember. Somebody talked about this, that his that his floor is higher than just about anybody in the top 10 in this draft. Yeah. I mean, looking back at it... You understand why Golden State would have taken him. It makes he complete sense. He would have been great for them. People have been talking about Wagner, too, with them. Would have been really good Yeah, for them. And not to say that, like, Kaminga... You know, Kaminga's not, he's obviously not done. He even, hasn't even started, but um, it is an interesting thought to see, like if they would have just taken Franz Wagner there instead yeah. of Kaminga. You know, that's another role, rotation player for your team where they're, they're just not going to play Kaminga all year. They're just not going to. He had, he had a great nine minutes, Andrew, <laughs> in his season debut. Yeah, they're not playing him. They're just not going to. They want to win this year. Yeah, they're not going to play him when it matters. Like they're going to blow out enough teams where he and Moody are going to get minutes. But yeah, he's not going. The, the chances of him being in this rotation at the end of the year are very slim. You just wonder if they should have just taken Davion or Franz or somebody like that 
that would contribute because you people ask the question about well is is tanking hurting the development of these players you know well what about not playing does that hurt the development of players where they just don't play because can i, I is Kaminga going to be good enough to play next year he's 18 is he going to be good enough next year to play? See, I think it's justified going back to the cat trade. Like, if you're Minnesota, you would want Kuminga over Wagner. Or Mitchell. That's the, but but let's just say that somebody else gets cat. See, Beal, Beal resigns. I just I don't think they drafted Kuminga with the thought like he fits our system in any way. Like he Moody doesn't. fits their system. Yeah, Moody's fine. Kuminga does not. I think he is purely an asset play for them, and he will be flipped into something better. They better hope. They they do better hope, but like that's what they should have done. I, I just I don't know. I, I I'm fine with that. They're good enough as they are. Yeah. I know the ownership group thinks that Kaminga will be the passing of the torch to the next era. Yeah. That's and that's what they want to do. Like that's that's what the last two drafts have been about. Is like let's get the highest upside so that whenever Steph is done, we don't ever have to tank. Yeah. And I don't think they quite did that with Kaminga. Just we'll some stuff that I've heard about him. And yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens with him. He's still six eight beast that can really score the basketball, but it's it's a bad it's a it's one of the worst situations for him to go to. I mean it's similar like he's not dissimilar. He's a little bit more skilled, but not dissimilar to Kelly Oubre in style of play. And they, and the Warriors this this summer when it came to Kelly Oubre were just like, thanks but no thanks. Yeah, I would say his size makes it a much easier in comparison to Kelly Oubre. He's bigger than Kelly Oubre. He's yeah, he, going to be bigger. He's stronger than Kelly Oubre. Like he he'll he could play. He's going to be playing power forward in the future. Yeah, yeah, possible. Maybe he'll never play in the league ever. Maybe he won't. <laughs> I think he probably will. Uh, all right. That's all we're going to do for today. We will see a lot of you guys tonight at the game. If you are not sitting in our section, I think we're section 310, 311, and you're going to be at the game, just come say what's up to us while we're there. I uh, hope to see you guys, though, at the Tap House tonight. We will start at 530. So I think you can get in to the tap house to get your spot as early as 4.30. So you can do that. Hope you guys are doing great. And we'll talk to you guys again on Wednesday. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.